Good morning. I am Jen Ryan Brown, a member of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. Welcome to this house of worship. Come in bringing all of who you are. Bring your seeking soul, searching for meaning, searching for love. Here we covenant to walk together in ways of integrity and service. We help each other find the courage and commitment to live our faith fully. We keep our minds and hearts open to each other and to the mysteries that lie beyond our certainties. Here we gather in community to celebrate our common life. Notice those who need you. They are here, they are everywhere. Let us worship together, willing to be authentic with each other, honest with ourselves, and open to the connection in all its forms. Welcome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this morning. It's so good to see so many of your faces and we are so glad you're with us. We have just a few announcements about our Zoom worship and also about upcoming things. So the first announcement is uh, that we just wanna let you all know that we are recording this. Um, we invite you to find the chat box. The little icon is on the bottom of your screen and we'll be sharing um, song lyrics, uh, words to the covenant and our, our prayers in the chat box. So make sure you find that. Um, please, if you want to be able to see everybody, you can switch to gallery view. It looks like a little box with nine little squares. It's up in your top right hand corner and then you'll be able to see uh, everybody all together, which is a lovely way to worship together, I find. We invite you to grab a chalice or a candle if you have one at home. We'll be lighting our chalice together. Um, and also we're sending out twice weekly emails that will tell you about in opportunities to gather online. Another opportunity we have to gather online is our virtual coffee hour right after worship for 20 minutes we'll be gathering. After coffee hour this, um, this morning, we will have an opportunity to do a Realm tutorial. So navigating our new e-giving options, um, or if you're having trouble signing into Realm, please stay after coffee hour and Kevin Paul will help you get everything sorted out that you need to get sorted out. And you can just stay right here um, and we will, uh, Kevin will help you from there. Uh, welcome also to those joining us for the first time, Dot Whitmire, um, Janet Barnett and Earl and Judy Davis have uh, been able to get online thanks to many people's help. So welcome, uh, Janet, Dot, Earl, and Judy. It's so good to have you with us here. Uh, if you are a visitor and today is your first time with us, please fill out the form in the chat box. Um, we have an online form and we would love to send you an email and connect with you in that way. Um, so check out the chat box for the form. And finally, on Friday, April 10th at 8 p.m., uh, Emily Bruce and our worship associates will be doing an online contemplative service for Good Friday. And uh, they'll be making space for the grief and sorrow that we are all carrying in this time um, of increased stress and fear and um, pandemic. So check the email and Facebook for more information and for the Zoom link for that. So now I invite you all to... Um, Click on the click on the gallery mode and take a moment to greet each other virtually. Take a moment to wave and scroll through and see everybody's faces. It's so good to see all of you.
endless lies For the beauty of the earth For the splendor of the skies For the love which from our birth Over and around us lies For the grateful beauty of the earth For the grateful of the skies For the love which from our birth Over and around us lies For the beauty of the invite you to join in our opening words this morning. I will lead the minister's part and Emily will lead, uh, Sarah will lead the um, responsive part. So please join in with Sarah and uh, we will keep you all muted, but you can join along at home on the responsive part. This life therefore is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. Not health, but healing. Not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. And next we have our opening hymn, The Lone Wild Bird, uh, which again, I like to assure people, Kathleen and I recorded actually a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, that's why we are together in the same place. And um, please sing along in your homes. It's a beautiful song. Enjoy. While the video is coming up, I'll remind you that the lyrics are in the chat box.
Thank you, Sarah. I invite us now to find a chalice from home or an app in my case. And as we light our chalice, let us say together our covenant. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth and love and to help one another. We'll now have our doxology. Just bear with us as Jim gets that loaded up. There we go. that again because it's just so cool. I think I've got a way to get it up on the screen. Can we do that? Okay. It's so worth seeing. All right. Hold on one sec. Oh, somebody's got it. Beautiful. everyone who participated in that. It's truly a work of art. So now is the time in our service for our Wonder Box, and I'd like to invite any young people here to come forward to their, the front of their screen so I can see your faces. Oh, it's so good to see you. 
Well, I miss all of you and it's really lovely to see your faces and I look forward to the time when I get to see you all in person again. So this morning in our wonder box, this morning in our wonder box, we have, let's see what we have. Wonder, what's in here? We have a red marker. Now this morning, Nathan and I have a story called Sophie and the Red Marker. And it's kind of like Harold and the Purple Crayon, except with a kid named Sophie instead of Harold, and in Red Marker instead of a Purple Crayon. And Karen is going to help us this morning tell our story. Karen, my much better half. So here's how the story goes. Once there was a child named Sophie who loved going to her local Unitarian Universalist church every Sunday with her family. And maybe just maybe that church happened to be in Sherburn, Massachusetts. The people there were all super fun, especially the staff and the ministers, but everybody else too. And she loved, uh, Sophie did singing along to the hymns because she would like one of the, her models was Sarah. And she was always excited to hear the Wonderbox story in particular. And then one day, though, her dad told her that they couldn't go to the church anymore for a while. There was a nasty bug that was going around. It was like the flu, but worse. And everyone needed to stay home for a few weeks to keep each other safe. So unfortunately, that meant no school, no playground, and worst of all, no church. But luckily, her dad told her, they could go to the church on the computer and still see this, the faces of all of the super fun people and staff and sing along to the hymns and find out what was in the Wonder Box each week. Sophie was pretty sad. Online church was okay, but it wasn't the same as going to the building, giving hugs and getting to actually see what was in the Wonder Box. Sophie told her dad that she was feeling pretty sad about not going to church. I miss actually being there, said Sophie. Well, maybe you could draw a picture of the church, her dad suggested. Then you could put it up somewhere in the house and whenever you missed church, you could go see the picture. Sophie liked that idea. So she pulled out her special red marker and a sheet of paper and she began to draw. So Karen is going to help us see what Sophie drew. I gotta tell you, I've heard that Sophie's an amazing artist. Have you heard that, Heather? I've heard that. Yeah. So first, Sophie began to draw a big pointed roof with columns that held it up. That pointed roof, by the way, held a couple cell phone antennas and it was a little bit leaky sometimes. But that's okay, we're gonna get it fixed. That looks amazing. And then she, be, she drew the hill that the church sat on top of. And then next she drew some of the classrooms where the faith formation classes were held in.
and also the windows. And also in that building was where the adults love to, uh, to hang out with the kids during fellowship hour. The adults drank coffee. Kids ate snacks before anybody else got a chance to get them. <laughs> and then she held up her drawing and thought she had done a pretty good job of drawing the church. What do you think, Heather? Pretty good church. But she looked at the picture and she didn't get any of those warm, fuzzy feelings that she usually had when she went there on Sundays. So Sophie brought the picture over to her dad. I did what you said and I drew a picture of the church, but looking at it doesn't make me feel like church. Hmm, said her dad. Well, what does church feel like to you? Sophie thought about that for a moment. I feel happy when I'm at church and really hopeful like anything is possible. What else, said her dad. I feel strong, like even when I'm sad, if I'm at church, I know I'll get through it. And I feel lots of love. The people at church really care about me. Well, maybe you should try drawing all of that instead of the building, Sophie's dad suggested. Sophie liked that idea, so she ran off to get a new sheet of paper and her red marker and started again. This time, Sophie thought about how she felt at church as she drew. So she began by drawing a chalice. The chalice made her feel at home at church because every time she got a chance to go up and light the chalice, it made her feel special and noticed. And then she drew some music notes because singing at church always made her feel so happy. She began to hum her favorite hymn while she drew. Um, Heather, what did she, what did she hum? <laughs> uh, probably Spirit of Life. Okay, good, that's coming up later. <laughs> and then next she drew a flower because flowers made her feel hopeful like springtime. And they reminded her of flower communion they did at the church every year in June. That was one of her favorite services. And then she drew a whole bunch of people because it was the people at church who made her feel strong. She knew they were always there for her, even though she couldn't give them hugs right now. So finally, as she drew all of those, she drew a big heart to remind her of all the love that she felt at that church in Sherburne and all the love she had for that place. So Sophie held up her drawing and this time she felt like she had gotten it right. 
This made her feel like church. Sophie got some tape and put her drawing in the corner of her bedroom. And over the next few weeks, whenever she was feeling sad or lonely or missing her friends at church, she went to that corner and she sat with her church drawing. Sometimes she just sat and felt her feelings. Sometimes she sang her favorite hymn while she was there. Sometimes she brought her a special red marker and added something new to the drawing. It wasn't the same as actually being at church, but it reminded Sophie of how she felt at church. When she went and sat with her drawing, she felt happier, more hopeful, stronger, and held in love. She felt connected to her church community even while they were all apart. So this morning, I wonder where you found yourself in this story. I wonder how church makes you feel. And I wonder what you might include in your drawing of church. So for all the kids here this morning, I'd like to invite you to stay for the rest of the service and draw your own picture of how church makes you feel and ask your parents to share it with us online later today. So if you'd like to get a marker and a piece of paper and make a drawing of how church makes you feel, I invite you to do that now and stay with us for the rest of the service. And parents, if you'd like to share that on our Facebook page, we would love to see it. Thanks for coming to our Wonder Box. Thanks everybody. And it's on the, it's the online, um, uh, UUAC online community is what it's called. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the chat box right now for those who are not per, um, participants. That was terrific. Big thanks to Karen. Big thanks to Karen. For being our Sophie this morning. All right, we'd now like to invite Allison and Hank and Abby, members of our board, to share a little bit about our stewardship um, season this year. Good morning. I'm Allison Murchison, president of your board of directors. Here we are in our new pews, which are our home sofas or chairs, greeting old and new friends with a handshake or a hug, which is a warm wave, saying our affirmation of our faith together, but several miles apart taking an hour or two to be with each other in community, to search together for peace, connection, and how to be the people we want to be in this new world, which is so changed and so uncertain. I feel like I need this community, this church, now more than ever. It helps me feel connected and supported. It helps me experience the challenges and occasional joyful moments that you are all experiencing. For example, some of us have way too much going on and others not enough. Some are juggling the physical presence and needs of children or other family members and the challenges of being in close quarters and the distractions which may or may not be welcome. Others are feeling way too alone, but all of us are feeling anxious and uncertain. This community, this church also makes me feel empowered. Alone, I can do my part by careful phys physical distancing and by noticing when a family member or friend needs something that I can provide or just needs to talk. But together we're doing so much more. Our presence here and now is important to everyone else. I'm grateful to each of you for being here. Many of us are working in UUAC ministries and groups to support our community and the wider world. I'm grateful to the Community Care Group, the Caring Committee, Family Promise, Women's Alliance, Covenant Groups, and so many more. We have more than 50 different ministries working or working groups at this church. 
Each of these groups is adapting to the new normal and finding ways to live our faith, to act with works of love, and to help one another. None of us can do this work separately, but collectively, we are doing a lot. Our amazing ministers and staff are working all week to create this new version of church. Thanks to their ingenuity, dedication, and inspiration, it is fabulous, and it feels essential and vital to help us get through this. Equally wonderful and important are the midweek services and the meetings for support and spiritual connection, which we need now more than ever. Our ministers, staff, and lay leaders have collaborated to reimagine key programs for this, our virtual church, so that coming of age for our youth and some religious education programs, senior youth group, bedtime stories, guidance for parenting, Wonderbox, continue in new and powerful forms. And later today, look for an email from the church with a guide of resources for more help and support. We don't see all that our ministers and staff are doing behind the scenes, but I think I can speak for us all in saying that we are enormously grateful and that this crisis has shown us that this community and the wider world needs this church now more than ever. I'll hand the mic to Hank Rouch for another view from the pews. Thanks, Allison. It's such a blessing to be here with all of you this morning. We've heard about the many ways that this community is supporting each of us and how our fantastic ministers and staff are adapting and reimagining all the ways that we connect during these challenging times. I'm so impressed and thankful for them. And I have to say that I think they're rising to the occasion and doing more than ever to take care of all of us. It's been so heartwarming for me to see how each of you and our leadership team are showing up for each other and the wider world. I'm really enjoying these virtual Sunday services. Who wouldn't? PJs and a comfortable chair. The Wednesday check-in meditation helps me find my center, and I love that coming of age is continuing. I'm so proud to be a part of that and the amazing group of kids. For this to continue, though, all of us need to pitch in and provide the financial support that is needed to sustain our shared ministry to each other and the wider community. The pandemic is impacting each of us differently. Some are doing okay, and if that's true for you, we ask you to fulfill your pledge for the current church here. Others are looking for ways to make a difference during this time by providing financial support, and we'd ask you to consider now. For some, that's giving. For others, it's receiving. And I bet that like us, you're doing some of both. So we need you to give to the church today, but we also need to plan for the future. And that's where your pledge comes in. Things are very uncertain for sure, but please use your best guess and make a pledge. Hopefully many of us will be able to pledge at the same level or maybe even go up a little, knowing that the church will need that extra support even as things return to normal. I'm often an overly optimistic person. The glass is half full for me, usually more than half full. I really thought we'd get into the peak right about now, and clearly that's not happening. I find myself worrying about the future, so much that we face, uh, so much unknown that we face, and that's why I'm counting on this community to hold and support me. We need to keep supporting each other, and part of that is stepping up to make the financial commitment that will keep our community strong and available for however long this lasts. Please give now and make a pledge for next year. 
We're looking for full participation in supporting our church at whatever level works for you. Abby Marski is going to take it from here and walk through how easy it is to give and pledge to the church. Thanks, Hank. Thanks, Allison. So to recap, there's two parts to supporting the church, and both are important and both are necessary. So pledging with the 2020 annual pledge campaign starts now. And giving, which is fulfilling your pledge from the 2019 pledge campaign, is also critical too. For both, you can find links on the uuac.org or uh, log into Realm and click giving. If you need help with any of these along your way um, on your path to giving, there's so many of us here to help. You can find links in the chat box on the site um, and you'll see them again with the emails from the church. And also uh, Kevin, like Heather said, is gonna host a Realm session after coffee hour today too. Thank you so much for all you do and all you're doing. Thank you so much, Allison and Hank and Abby, and thank all of you for all the ways that you support our community um, with your resources of, um, of finances and time and energy and heart and spirit. This is the time in the service that many of us um, look forward to um, the most um, and need the most maybe in these times. So I just invite us to find our center here in this space, the shared worship space. Rest your body against the chair or the couch you're in. If you're holding something, just put it down. Take a deep breath in. And then exhale. Let's breathe in again. And find your spirit and feel your spirit here as we sing together, Spirit of Life. The words will be in the chat box for us, but many of us know it anyway.
Thank you, Sarah and Kathleen. A prayer of thanksgiving for our music. We begin our prayer time this morning as we have the last um, three weeks now, lifting up our prayers, utilizing the chat box again, which is the bottom of your screen. So lift up all the loved ones. And um, I just invite you to expand the, uh, the block when you see it so you can just see all of the prayers that people are typing in. Just give ourselves a moment to do that. There's so many coming through, my friends. And many of them are coming to me privately, um, I think because I'm the host. So if you want it to go to everyone, make sure it says to everyone in the Thanks, chat Heather. box. And as they continue to come through, Emily will light a chalice for us as we hold our loved ones, or sorry, light a candle. And as she lights the candle, just, you know, many of these are, are prayers for loved ones, but also for those in the world. So think just beyond your immediate uh, family and extend out and add those as well, in addition to the ones you've already put down. All for the healthcare workers and the nurses and the doctors in our midst all over the world. Please add your prayers for the world. And as Emily lights a candle for all of those beyond our walls, beyond our homes, I'd also like to invite us to offer prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude, prayers of joy, friends, please add those.
remembering that prayers are things I believe that don't change things. Prayers change people. And those people are us and we change things. So please pray with me. Loving God who is all around us and closer than our own breath. Hear our longings and our gratitude and our prayers this morning, so many of them, as we read on the chat box. We feel alone yet bombarded, overwhelmed and yet isolated. Our hands crack with cleanliness and our hearts break, most of all with fear. This is new and we don't know what to do. We don't know what is right. We don't quite know how to survive. We don't know who to believe. And sometimes we find it hard to stay hopeful. So I invite you, the spirit of life, to be with us in this time of unknowing and to slow our breath, to quiet the churning in our stomach and embrace us. Protect ourselves, protect each other and protect the most vulnerable. Protect the doctors and the nurses and the scientists and the healthcare workers, protect their families. Protect the checkout clerks and the cashiers and the pharmacists and the delivery drivers, protect their families. Protect those who are sick, who are struggling to breathe, protect their families. Be with all of those out of work or who are about to be. Be with the people alone who are starving for connection and for touch. Be with the parents trying to smile bravely for kids. And be with us as we appreciate things that we took for granted before. Magical new inventions like the telephone and the internet and Zoom and Netflix. Praise Netflix. Praise magical ancient inventions like spring and warming weather and a walk outdoors and praise magical sounds like birds who defiantly refuse to practice any kind of social distancing at all. Friends, life springs anew. So may our fear be changed to faith, our anxiety changed to love, and may we know one step at a time, one day at a time, that we are held. Let us be held here in silence together.
of our reading from Aaron. Good morning. This morning's reading is a prayer by Reverend Gretchen Haley. There is enough space between us to hold all that you are carrying all you've been waking, wondering, worrying, or wearing out with confusion, or attempts to control, trying to find some sense of normal. All of your irritability, your curiosity, your fragile sobriety, your numb disbelief, your loneliness, your exhaustion, your daily question, allergies or the virus, and your joy. We can hold that too. We can hold all of it here for this time and bless it. Here we will call each other just as we are beloved. Here in this far apart space that is also close in, so much remains uncertain. With each passing breath, the ground is shifting. All we can say for sure is that we are caught in this tangled blessing of life of grief and gratitude together. Like always, except more, with all the forces of spring and the spinning of the earth, we are turning and becoming and beginning again, offering ourselves like the crocus flower, breaking through with a wild beauty, ready for whatever comes next. Thank you, Aaron. And Christina Player will share a word about our offering recipient this morning. I'm not yet eligible for un. Currently, many have lost their jobs and are facing significant hardship. Many of our neighbors are not yet eligible for unemployment. Christina? Yes? You're unmuted now. Can you start over? Sure. Thank you. Our church is part of a network of interfaith congregations known as the Metroist Immigrant Solidarity Network, which offers support to our neighbors. And currently, many have lost their jobs and are facing significant hardship. Many of our neighbors are not yet eligible for unemployment or other resources, and this creates further vulnerability. A major concern at this time is food scarcity. And last weekend, our network provided beans and rice, milk, maseka, 
vegetables, and other basic staples to 152 families. These efforts are more important than ever as the state of emergency progresses. It is a time when we are increasingly aware of how connected we are to one another. Our hope is to collect sufficient funds in our faith communities to provide other distributions. The donation you make today to the Neighbor Fund will go directly to buying food in bulk that will be portioned and distributed to families in our communities who are in urgent need. Thank you.
Hello, friends, and good morning. It's lovely to see all of your faces this morning. Thank you for joining us for this fourth online worship experience. And we are moving into week four of this new reality. Um, like many of you, I've been spending hours and hours and hours online these past few weeks in Zoom meetings, reading news articles, scrolling through social media, watching all of the crazy videos that people are posting across the world. It's truly outstanding. Uh, and reading more news articles. It's placed a strain on my eyes and my spirit to have had this much screen time. But as I'm sure you can relate, a lot of my screen time is driven by my own fears about the pandemic. I think that if I read another article, I'll find the answers that I'm looking for. I'll find something that tells me that things are getting better, that the curve is flattening, that we're on our way out of this terrible crisis. Frankly, it feels like a second job, this online time. And if I'm not careful, the days can slip away really fast when I don't regulate my screen time. What's funny to me is that just a few weeks ago, I likely would have complained about my schedule and said, gosh, you know, I'm just so busy. I wish I had more time, time to read or learn a new skill. If I had more time at home, I would do a lot of things. How many of you would have said something similar? More than a few, I bet. Because now for me, there is more time. There's so much of it that it's almost ceased to have meaning. I ask my question, myself questions like, what is time anymore, really? What day is it? Did I talk to my parents yesterday or was that the day before? Just how long have I been wearing these pants? These are all questions that I've never ever had to ask before. But friends, time has changed. We are now living in what's called liminal space. The word liminal comes from the Latin word limen, which means threshold. Liminal space exists as a time between what was and what is coming next, like the summer between high school and college, or the transition from a marriage to a divorce. The Catholic theologian Richard Rohr describes liminal space this way. It's, quote, a unique spiritual position where human beings hate to be. It is when you have left the tried and true, but have not been able to replace it with anything else. It is when you are between your old comfort zone and any possible new answer. Liminal, liminal space can feel unsettling and scary, and for good reason. It's really hard to feel safe when the ground seems to be shifting underneath you, when you've lost a way of being and can't see the shape of what lies ahead. Losing our routines, losing our access to friends and our community is very, very unsettling. And if those losses are coupled with illness, job loss, and other challenges of life, it can be really frightening. That said, for some, liminal space can also feel freeing sometimes. Many artists describe their most creative moments as times of liminal space between the artistic inspiration and the tangible result. New ideas are often born in times of liminal space because the disruption of norms makes room for creativity and innovation. 
So for us in this time of liminal space, some of us are still working. Those still working outside the home, especially our healthcare workers, are having to face this reality far more directly than the rest of us. So for those of you in our community doing this work, I hope and pray that you know how grateful we all are for you. Some are working from home, filling our hours with Zoom meetings and email. Some of us are working from home and taking care of our families, learning how to homeschool our kids. Some of us have had to face job loss, illness, and perhaps even the loss of loved ones. The toll this crisis is taking on our collective mental health, especially for those facing these kinds of struggles, cannot be underestimated. Wherever you are in this crisis, you are no doubt trying to find ways to cope with the anxiety of this time. Maybe you're jumping into action by taking on home renovation projects or learning new skills. Maybe you're slowing down, reading those books you never got around to, and taking long walks at a safe distance from others. Maybe you're like me and wish that you could say you were actually doing all those productive things, but outside of doing work and keeping in touch with friends and loved ones, you're actually watching a lot of Netflix and you're eating snacks and you're going for walks, but maybe not every single day. Or maybe you are just simply collapsing at the end of the day because working from home and taking care of your kids literally takes every ounce of your, of your energy. So however you are coping with this crisis today, I wanna to tell you something. You are doing great. Seriously, you are. You are killing it because we are facing a time that none of us has ever seen before. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. We don't know, we didn't know what today was gonna to look like, but we're here, we're alive, we're surviving somehow. Time has changed, and so therefore, I think how we measure time should change too. And the judgments that we place on ourselves about how we respond also need radical transformation. So if you're struggling to get out of bed before 10 a.m. or noon, I see you. If you can only manage to feed your kids and not teach them schoolwork every single day, I applaud you. If your waistline is expanding because you're eating all the snacks and none of the vegetables in your fridge, I offer you a high five. If you went out three weeks ago and bought a whole bunch of supplies for that home improvement project, and those supplies are still sitting in a pile in the corner of your garage, you get a gold star. If you're struggling and you're scared and you think you'll never find your way out of this dark place, I offer you the biggest virtual hug that I can because we are your community and we love you and we are all with you. My dear friends, you are not your productivity. You are not your ability to cope with the anxiety, fear, and stress of this chaotic time. You are not your exercise regimen. You are not your to-do list. You're not even your positive attitude. Because your identity and your worth far exceed 
any kind of measurement or judgment that you or anyone else might place on you these days. We are in the in-between. The normal rules just don't apply here. They can't because the world has changed its shape around us. This crisis will irrevocably change the course of our way of life, for good and for bad, but in all ways still completely unknown. So take a moment to breathe deeply this week and forgive yourself for whatever it is that you think you're failing at, because you're not failing, you're surviving. Give yourself a break for not measuring up to some kind of imaginary pandemic productivity standard. Embrace the reality of not wanting to work, of being tired, and of lacking purpose. Listen to your anger, your too frequent tears, your boredom, your listlessness. They are telling you that time has changed and that you don't know yet how to respond. And that is totally okay. Forgive yourself for everything, every single day. And while you're at it, forgive those around you for all of the same things. Because we are all in this struggle, friends, and none of us has a map. The wise and wonderful Pema Chodron says, having compassion starts and ends with having compassion for all of those unwanted parts of ourselves. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, for relief, for misery, and for joy. So in this time of liminal space, when we don't know what threshold it is that we are crossing, maybe we can let go of the expectations we are carrying that only serve to bring us grief and anxiety. Because doing so, allows your soul to breathe. It makes space for you to feel compassion for others and more importantly for yourself. It lets in the light of grace. And most importantly, my dear friends, it will help us cross this threshold together. May it be so, amen. Sarah will introduce our closing hymn. For the closing hymn we're singing, For All That Is Our Life. And you'll see the words in the chat box again. Thank you, Dara, for putting them there. Please sing. <laughs>
folks, I invite you to join us in reciting our call to ministry. The words will be put in the chat box to your right. Nope, they will be on the screen. Here we go. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. I invite you now to put your hands up on the side of your screen. It's the closest we can get to holding hands these days but feel the presence of everyone in this room with you. And as we leave this virtual space, let us put down our expectations and judgments of ourselves and others so that we may carry each other across this threshold to what lies beyond. And may we love each other through whatever the future may bring. Amen and blessed be. Friends, we invite you to stay for our virtual coffee hour. After our postlude ends, we will be splitting you into breakout groups. So if you'd like to stay for an informal 20-minute conversation with about eight other people, just please stay to the end of the postlude and we hope you'll join us. And then after that coffee hour, if you would like a tutorial on how to use Realm to fill out your pledge and make a gift, please come back to this space and you will be led through some instructions. Friends, be well. Reach out if you need us and remember that you are loved and you are not alone. Be well, go in peace.
All right, the breakout rooms have been created. So please go ahead and join your breakout room. You will need to accept the invitation to the breakout room in order. everyone we're all muted so probably best unmute ourselves hi alan and if you don't want to talk it's okay you can stay muted there unmuted no we're unmuted. good morning good morning good morning good morning how's everybody doing today <laughs> it's a new day it was a wonderful service yes it was it was amazing. Dara, thank you for your part in it. You're welcome. I, when I don't get things up like the call to minister, I'm like, ah! I'm glad you can't see my face at that point because I'm like scrambling. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, sorry. The ministers are all texting all of the what went wrong, what we need to improve, what we need to make notes of. I'm going to turn my phone off. Sorry. Almost every week in church, there's something that for a half a moment breaks down. So why should it be different here? It's who we are. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's our humanness coming through so isn't that what nathan says on a weekly basis is yep. their crack and everything isn't that how the light gets through right that's right. Sarah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> dara that's how you should respond right. to that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly Very sorry emily that. said we forgiveness i got grace <laughs> yeah grace and gratitude from all of us really yeah they do such a great job every week. It's just amazing. Yeah. Truly. We should print up t-shirts that say limnal. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been putting a word of the day out on my driveway every day because I do that with my students um, and I'm teaching them online. So I need to feel like I'm keeping it regular. So I'm going to use that one sometime this week. Liminal is going to be out there. Liminal speaks. Yeah. What grade do you teach? I teach fifth grade right now. Um, I've taught every grade but second, but for the last, I don't know, 16 years, 17, I've been teaching fifth grade in the middle school in Natick. I love it. This is my last year, so it's very strange. Um, it's yeah. going to be a very weird, if we don't go back, this is oh, going to wow. be really weird. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can always sign up for another year. No. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I sent my papers in. It's done. What comes so, next? Um, I don't know, but that's okay. More time with grandchildren. Well, right. well, yes, I have two granddaughters, so that's number one on the list. I yeah. have books I want to read. Um, right now, I'm immersed in all the technology because I have to teach, so I'm not doing any of the things that I would really like to do around the house. So those things will come, I keep saying to myself. June will come and those things will come then. So, yeah. yeah. What do you and I know I'll find some other 
other pieces to get involved with, but I just want to give myself some time and space before I do that. Yeah. So what are you 42 years. So. What, what? what are you learning from teaching online? I just think that's such an amazing phenomenon that all these teachers are teaching online. You know, it's the hardest part is sitting still while I'm teaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I don't. I'm always around moving, and that's the hardest part. Um, we teach half-hour classes. Um, I'm learning that some of the kids who are the most chatty in the classroom are not speaking on the online chats, and can't quite figure that out. Why is that happening? And these kids who thought they were so technologically adept, they're not. Um, they're not as good as they thought they were. Um, and they email me with, you know, how do I upload this or how do I do that? Or I can't figure out how to submit. And then, you know, they, they've been using this, the technology in some of their other classes. So, um, I was just kind of surprised at that, that they're not as, um, good at that, but they also really, really want the structure, even though they're not admitting it. Um, I think they really, from the feedback I'm getting, that they like having a familiar face to see their classmates, to see me, um, so that that structure that had been built for the last six months is sort of still there. And I know the parents are grateful for that um, time. Our kids are online um, for two hours, no, for four hours, or they're actually taking classes for, they have actually three hours um, every other day, they're online. Um, and I teach four of those, two of those three hours. Um, and then the other part, they're working on, on the other days of the week, they're working on the tasks that we've given them. So 